Listen, if you're visiting with us this morning, I, I just want you to know our Faith Promise Missions Conference on Wednesday through Sunday is like a revival meeting for us. And uh, what, it, what it does, again, we get preached at every, on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and of course come back again on Sunday and get preached to again. Our main revival meeting is in April, but it's kind of like a revival meeting. And, and I just, uh, I hope you understand that, church, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I'd, I'd go to church, but all they do is preach about giving. Well, the truth of the matter is that's not true. Um, and the preacher doesn't just preach about giving, but you come at a time today that we are talking about giving, and our, it's, an, it's an offering, it's not a tithe, tithe belongs to God, okay? But as a Christian, we give offerings, and this particular offering is so that we can get missionaries around the world. And uh, you saw in that brochure there, you know, Brother and Sister Hay, they are going to Israel, and you saw Brother and Sister Peterson are going to Uganda, and you saw Brother and Sister Shelby are going to Kenya. And church, I mean, I'm going to tell you something, they have sacrificed in the sense that they're leaving the comforts of the United States of America to go tell people about Jesus Christ who would not hear if it wasn't for God sending someone to them. And so God laid upon their heart to go. And we need some Christians out of our own church. I'm thankful for the Hope Baptist Church in Kenya. They say it started by David Smith who grew up at this church and is now there. I'm thankful for the Arua Baptist Church. Again, his brother Ben uh, grew up in this church and is there in uh, Uganda. And there's that church that has been planted. I'm thankful for David Deal who's in Panama City as we speak and started the Heritage Baptist Church there in Panama. What a wonderful thing. And yes, even the local ones, what a, what a blessing. But God calls people to go. Are you willing to go? Can I just tell you the second part of that question is are you willing to give? Because if you're not willing to give, you're not willing to go. And let me say this, the person who says, well, if I just had money, I would give. Just, I mean, God's not looking for you to give a big amount. God just wants to know if you're willing to give. It's like the person who said, well, if I, God, would you pray that I win the lottery? Can I just tell you, you're not going to give God from your winnings from the lottery if you're not giving to God from your normal uh, salary now. Right. Giving is a matter of the heart. It's not, a, it's not a matter of the giving of an amount. We get this thing all confused that, you know, it's, the, it's how much I give. Church family, when the widow was going through and she was putting her two mites in and all those rich people were giving their large sums of money, the Bible says that Jesus watched how they gave. Not, and by the way, he knew how much they gave, but he watched how they give. God's looking for the heart. And by the way, if two mites caught, which is less than a cent, if two mites caught Jesus' attention, then I can tell you right now, it's not how much you give to missions. It's a matter of, are you willing to give to missions? And it starts with you as a person. Now, this morning, I want to preach a simple message on this idea of the example of faith promise. I know some of this will be old hat to you, but I'm going to tell you some, some things today. I think it's just reminders of us, why do we give to faith promise? Now, listen, young people, you ought to be given to faith promise. My youngest girl is, tw is 12 at home. She gives the faith promise. My oldest one at home, I don't know how old that it is. I guess it'd be Seth. And, uh, but I, we teach our kids that they should give to faith promise. And I want to tell you, you ought to have a desire to give to missions, all right? And by the way, God blesses you for it. Philippians number four, I don't desire fruit that may abound to your, I desire, I'm sorry, I do not desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. God blesses people who give to missions. Now, I tell you, obviously I don't know what you give, but if I could get God to bless you, it would tell you, give to missions. God blesses when you give to missions. And so this morning, I want to take this thought out of 2 Corinthians chapter eight, Two premier passages, 2 Corinthians 8 and Philippians 4, are the one that teach the principle of faith promise. I want to just deal with just a few verses out of 2 Corinthians 8 this morning on why, again, the example, but why did God bless these churches of Macedonia? Church, you remember when Apostle Paul, I'm going to pray and we'll get running, but you remember when Apostle Paul ended up going to Philippi? Remember, um, do you remember when Apostle Paul, without me turning to it, how he heard the Macedonian call? He had this vision that there was a man in Macedonia, he said, come and help us. 
and Paul was assured that that was God telling him to go to Macedonia. The very first city that Paul came to was Philippi. And of course, we know that he was arrested. We understand that while he was in prison, the Philippian jailer gets saved. We understand that Lydia, the cell of purple, gets saved. We understand that a church gets established in Philippi. Well, that city of Philippi was the first part of the Macedonian call or the churches of Macedonia. Philippi, Berea, Thessalonica. We have the book of First and, Thess- First and Second Thessalonians. They were part of the Macedonia area. So church, I, mean, I want to talk to you about these Macedonian churches. Look at your Bible, verse 1, and then we'll pray. And the Bible says this in verse number 1. Second Corinthians 8. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, that word wit means to know. We do you to wit or to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. I want to talk to you for just a short, few short moments this morning on that thought is the example of faith promise that was the churches of Macedonia. I want to talk to you about them for just a little bit this morning. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask you to please help your people this morning. Lord, I, you, you see their heart, you see their thoughts. I ask you to please draw us to you. And uh, Father, again, help every person in here to understand what faith promise is. Lord, we're giving it to you. We're not giving it to missions. We give it to you, and then you use us to be a conduit to get the gospel to the world through people that are sent. Lord, may we not miss that this morning. And uh, Father, help us again. May your word strengthen us in our faith and again have an understanding of this particular passage. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. (coughs) All right. (coughs) Are you with me this morning? Say amen. Amen. All right. Some of you, I think, took a 38-hour trip as well. All right. Now follow me now. Verse number one, it says this, Moreover, brethren, we, we do you to wit or to know the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. These churches of Macedonia, now he's going to describe what, uh, what these churches were like. Verse number two, how that, <coughs> excuse me, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. In other words, their liberality means their giving. Verse number three, for to their power, and I bear record, and yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us, the missionary, us being plural, Paul and his company, praying us with much entreaty that we, the missionary, would receive the gift, that's their faith promise, and take upon us, the missionary, the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. The ministering to the saints were the people that the missionary was going to minister to. All right? Are you with me so far? Say amen. Look what he says next in verse number five. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us, the missionary, by the will of God. Verse six, inasmuch as we desired Titus... That as he had begun, so he would also finish in you, the church of Corinth, finish in you the same grace also. What grace? The grace of giving that the church of Macedonia had bestowed upon the missionary to be able to minister to the saints. Church, I mean, God called me to Lawrence, Kansas, all right? So I was in Sauk Village, Illinois. God calls me to come here. I talked to my father. I said, listen, God's called me to pastor. He says, just wait, God will show you. Six months later, Brother Greg Davis calls. Uh, he was the pastor here before me. And he calls and says, hey, listen, I'm going to be a missionary to Canada. Would you be interested in coming? I said, yes, that was in December. In, I think, around February or March or so, he gave me another call back. said, okay, we're ready to tell the church family. Are you willing to come? I come in candidate. My wife and I came in May, if I'm correct, May. And they voted unanimous for us to come. And in June, my, 30 days later, my wife and I moved here. But church family, like a missionary... We came here because God called us here to minister to the saints. That's the phrase that's used. And by the way, it's used in chapter 9 as well, to minister to the saints. The reason that we're here is to minister to you so that this church will be a lighthouse to be able to tell people about Jesus Christ that there's more saints to minister to. Are you all with me so far? Now, can I tell you what the missionary does? The missionary gets called of God not to go across the town or across to another state, but usually a missionary gets called to go to a foreign field where God's called him to start a church there to minister 
to the saints so that those saints get edified in their faith so that they'll go and tell people about Jesus Christ so that there's more saints to be ministered to. That's what churches are supposed to do. Man, how many times have I told you again and again, okay, you, you got it memorized by heart. What's the purpose of the church? Twofold. To evangelize the lost, to edify the saved. That's what we're here for. In other words, there might be somebody sitting in this service this morning that is not for sure that when they die, whether they're going to go to heaven or go to hell. What's the church supposed to be here for? To tell them that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. That's it. That's the evangelization of the, of the lost, but it's also the edification of the saved. Why are we talking about faith promise missions giving? Because that's part of edification, of building yourself in your faith to understand why you're doing what you're doing as a Christian. All right? You still with me this morning? Say amen. amen. Just remember you're quiet this morning. Are you all okay? Everyone breathing? Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe out. Smack the person next. No, don't do that. All right? Now, follow me. I want you to understand this idea of the example of faith promise. Look what he says now in verse number one again. Moreover, brethren, we would you to know, or I'm sorry, would you to wit, the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia. So he starts off by saying to the church at Corinth, remember now, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter number eight. So Paul is writing this letter to who? Say it. The church where? At Corinth. So he's writing the church and he's talking about other churches. He says, church of Corinth, I do you to wit, I do you to know about the grace of God bestowed upon these churches in Macedonia, Philippi, Berea, Thessalonica. God really blessed these churches. The grace of God, that word grace means benefit, means gift, means blessing. God says, I want to, Corinth, I would love for you to have the blessing that this church over here has. Church family. We ought to be an example of the grace of God bestowed upon the church at Heritage Baptist Church to other churches on how God's been very good to this church. Think about it, how good God's been to us. God's allowed us to minister. I was, uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I was in, went to a, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter when it was, but I think it was yesterday, I was 6.30 in the morning, I walked into a gas station and, uh, and I got some gas. I had to go inside, I got some gas and I left and sure enough, I didn't give that woman a gospel track and the Holy Spirit said, do it. So, so I came back at 8.30 and I walked in there and said, man, I'm really sorry. I should have given you this gospel track when I was here. And I said, I passed it here as Baptist Church. I just want to give you an invite and tell us about the Lord. But as soon as I handed that track to her, another woman that worked there says, Pastor Hanks. She says, my kids are grown and gone now, but my kids, when they were growing up, came on a bus to your church. And I said, where are you going to church? <laughs> now, Church family, the idea of us being here is to tell people about Jesus Christ, right? And the Holy Spirit uses us in our bubble, our world, our influence to be able to tell people about him. That's what he wants us to do. Now, I'm just trying to get you to see that God's been very good when, to our church when you think about people years and years ago sent their kids to this church, they heard the gospel and, and got saved. And that woman remembers that. Now, I'm just trying to tell you, it's a wonderful thing to see the churches that are started on a foreign field of kids that grew up here. Moms and dads who've surrendered their life for the Lord and raised their kids in church and now they're in ministry, whether it's on a foreign field or across the state teaching or, or if they're in a ministry somewhere else. What a wonderful, that's the blessing of God upon our life. Man, he's been good to us. But can I just tell you, it's the grace of God bestowed upon the church because of people who are willing to do grace giving. Watch now. I show grace to a, foreign, to a church on a foreign field by supporting a missionary and God shows grace to me. 
By the way, God's grace is bigger than your grace. Because your grace started with his grace. He gave to you to give to others so he can give you more. That's grace. Now follow me this morning. I want you to see the example of faith, promise, missions, giving, which is an example to us. All right. I'm going to ask the question as a rhetorical question because I don't know that many of you are with me this morning uh, because I feel like you're tired for some reason. But I want you to, I'm going to do my best to hurry, but I don't want you to miss this, okay? So I'll ask the rhetorical question. And the rhetorical question is simply this, is what caused God to show grace to the churches of Macedonia? Well, it was their giving. Because this, this type of giving throughout the chapter, Apostle Paul's trying to teach the church at Corinth that they can do the same thing. I ask another rhetorical question. Who is the example of faith promise missions giving? Is it really the church of Macedonia or is it the church of Corinth? Well, it was the churches of Macedonia because he's using these churches to teach the church of Corinth how they can have God's blessing, God's grace upon their life through this idea of getting the gospel to the world through missions. So let's look at this example of missions now. And I want to just point out some quickly some things with you. And there, you probably have them underlined, but let's just look at them. Verse number one again. Moreover, brethren, talking to Christians, we do, uh, do, um, we do you to wit to know, to, to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia. So what was this example of the church of Macedonia? Verse number two. First example that we have, how that in a great trial of affliction. Now church, let me think about this for a second here. These folks gave when going through affliction. I've heard people say before, pastor, I would like to give this year to faith promise missions giving, but I'm going through a rough time. Church, I mean, so were the churches of Macedonia who is the example of faith, promise, missions giving. This particular word is interesting when it talks about great trial of affliction. The word trial simply means to test and the word affliction means pressure. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times people don't give the faith promise because they're under pressure financially. Listen to me, church family. I know we don't, I've never done here and maybe I should have in the past, but I've never done the Um, financial courses of how to get you out of debt. I think the Bible teaches us about everything, including finances, including debt. The Bible says you're supposed to run like a deer when it comes to debt, not toward it, but away from it. Uh, I think the Bible is pretty clear that, you know, we're supposed to buy for what we need, not for necessarily for what we want. And we're not supposed to buy because of what somebody else has. There are times in the scripture that prophets and godly people were financially strapped but they were because of God-ordained pressure. Um, for instance, a famine came in the land or some type of pressure that was out of their control. There, there are times that a person gets in under debt. The, the woman that gave all of her substance for 12 years, I believe it was, gave all of her substance to try to find a cure to the doctors and nothing was found. So there are times that a person can get into debt that it's not self-inflicted. But I want to tell you, Christianity today is in trouble because people are in debt because of, as, as a whole, people are, not all, but a lot of people are in debt because of self-inflicted pain. Self-inflicted, self-inflicted pain. And the, the number one reason people are in debt is because of credit cards. And I want to tell you something, we use credit cards that used to be as a convenience are now a necessity, which means people are using credit cards as a loan to stay alive. Why are you spending money on a credit card to buy food if you don't have the money to awful quiet in here I really got it quiet now I have credit cards as well I'm not trying to throw stones at credit cards but you don't get charged interest if you pay them off at the end of the month if you don't carry a balance if you don't carry a loan on a credit card then you don't pay 
on that credit card. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an advocate for credit cards this morning. I'm just trying to say, yes, I have credit cards. But credit cards, so many people are these thousands of thousands of dollars in debt that they put up on a credit card for something that they really could have waited on. Now, all I'm trying to say is this. The devil uses debt pressure to cause us not to give the faith promise. But church family, you can't come up with any more pressure than what the church of Macedonia is going through because the, the word great, which is an adjective, I'm guessing, but the word great trial of affliction, which means it was not just affliction, it was great affliction. I'm just trying to say that this example of faith promise, you can give the faith promise. I'm not telling you to, 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 to give this large amount of money. I'm trying to say if you want to start your way out of debt, give. Give and it shall be. I didn't say that. Who said that? God said that. People are so confused about, well, I just got to get myself out of debt first. And once I get myself out of debt, then I'm going to give to this idea of faith promise. Church, I mean, don't do that. The best way to get out of debt is to start giving the faith promise now. My wife and I have always worked our way up in increments as far as our faith promise. Now, 33 years this year? 34. How many? 34. So we will be married 34 years this December, this coming December. Man, 34 years, hard to believe. 34 years this coming December. And so every year at Faith Promise, my wife and I, she prays, I praise. That didn't sound right, but anyway, we both pray. You pray, I pray, both pray. But anyway, we pray and then we get together um, before the Sunday morning or sometimes we, we've done it actually at the altar before on Sunday morning before we sign our Faith Promise. And I just ask her, okay, what did God tell you? And I tell her what God told me. Sometimes we've done it on Saturday, but I find out, and we come to an agreement to a degree. There's been a very rare time where I thought the amount should be lower or higher, and it, they, it goes with me. It's just the way it happens because I'm supposed to leader of the house. But, but most of the time, 99, I'd say 95% of the time, our commitments, uh, what she's thinking, I'm thinking. Our increments, now I'm not the cookie cutter. There's no cookie cutter to, to faith promise commissions giving because God's going to lay upon your heart what he wants you to give. But I'm just telling you, for our, in our life, it has always just been small increments as far as going up. You know, some years um, it has been $5 more, or sometimes some years it might be $10 more. But to be honest with you, it's not like, okay, my wife and I, we're going to give 50 more dollars this year than we gave last year. Not that God can't do that. It's been a life of faith promise. And I want to tell you something, you just can't get around. I want to tell you something, if you all knew what my wife and I get a faith promise, you'd say, there's no way. But I'm just trying to tell you, it doesn't happen that way overnight. We've been married 34 years and we've enjoyed the blessing of God upon our life because of continually giving a little bit more to be able to support more missionaries around the world. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't want to miss out on what God wants to do in your life, but you have to start somewhere. All right. So we see here, it was out of a great trial of affliction, which means they were under pressure in their life, but they still decided to give to faith promise. Church, I mean, did you notice the, the, the contrasting phrases in verse 2? How that, is, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy. Church, I mean, you answer the question. How do you put the phrase under great trial of affliction and the abundance of their joy in the same statement? I want to tell you why, because of verse number 1. The grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. How do you go under pressure in your life, but yet you still give and you're happy? I want to tell you how that happens because of the goodness and blessing of God upon a person's life because of trying to get the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Look what else he says here. Not only the example of faith promise was those who gave in great trial of affliction. Look at verse number two again. 
And how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their, what kind of poverty? Deep poverty. That word poverty means beggary. It means they, they had to beg. Our, our town has got the largest population of homeless people in the state of Kansas. There's 354, I believe, or 53 homeless people in our, in our, in our city. And, part of the, and now uh, outlying communities are bringing their homeless and dropping them off in Lawrence because we are so kind and wonderful and giving as far as that, as far as homeless people. But church family, when we look at those homeless people sitting on the side of the road with their signs, uh, God bless you, please give. Or, you know, I don't, you know, it used to be on the sign, it used to say, we'll work for food. I don't think I've seen that in a long time. And I think to myself, you know, come on, go get a job. And we have that kind of tendency. But church family, this is where the churches of Macedonia were. We'll work for food. The Bible says out of their deep poverty, in other words, out of their beggary, God, hey, listen, we can't make it. Can you help us so we can help somebody else to get the gospel to the world? That's the mentality that these people had in their life. I always go back to Philippians chapter four, and I go, actually, you can stay in verse number one if you want to, and talk about the grace of God. But remember Philippians chapter four, verse number 19, that verse is talking about those who give to faith promise. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his what? Riches and glory. In other words, God wants to provide for us out of his riches if we would just give out of our poverty. Amen. Quickly, I want you to see the next one. Not only do I see that these, this example of those who gave the faith promise, they had great trial under pressure. We see that they had deep poverty. Look at verse number three. It says, they gave beyond their power. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Now, church, let me think about a second here. This, word, this idea of being beyond their power Here's what, I know it's pretty simplistic, but here's what it means. It was beyond their ability. In other words, they gave beyond their ability. Just remember, how do you give beyond your ability? You can only do so much. I want to tell you how you give beyond your ability when it's not you giving. In other words, God used them as a conduit to others. Do you have any cash on you at all? I, don't, I just gave all my cash away this morning. I need a dollar bill. You got a dollar bill? Anybody got a dollar bill? You, guys, you boys don't have money? Oh my goodness. You got a dollar on you? Something? Five, ten, anything. You got something? That's all I want. Oh, I'll make sure you get it back, I promise. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, come here, come here. Come on up here, girls. All right, you stand right here. You stand in the middle, I'm sorry. All right? That's the missionary over there. All righty? This is the churches of Macedonia. You got any money to give them? In your, you have money in your hand? No. You don't have nothing, do you? All right. <laughs> isn't that a lot of money? That's nice, isn't it? All right. That's not for you, though. So what are you going to do with it? God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> she looks like some of you during the offering time. The example of faith promise is not about what they could do. It was a matter of what God just simply wanted to do through them. That's all God was trying to do. Just me, you still rough, isn't it? Amen. No, I was happy. No, you were happy. You were happy that time. Okay, that's what I like. All right. Hey, church family, here's the thing. We look at our, and we think to ourselves, I only have this kind of money coming in, and so I don't know that I can give to Faith Promise because I got this bill, this medical bill, I got this dentist bill, I got this car bill, I've got this house payment, I've got this utility bill. I just don't think I've got enough money to do it. 
Church family, if you would just start Faith Promise, here's what you're going to find out. You're going to find out it's not about what you don't have. It's a matter of what God gives you so that you can make that commitment. Now, you follow me very, very clearly here. I do not believe that God's going to give you some fictitious amount of money that's not even part of your budget for you to come up with. And I don't believe that because of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 12. If there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. I don't believe this idea of faith promise, come up with this fictitious figure and, okay, I'll wait for God to supply it. That's not what I'm talking about. You know how much money you get monthly or weekly. You make your commitment based upon what you have committed. You say, Pastor, I... I don't think I got maybe five bucks extra coming in. I, I don't even think I've got that. Then give five bucks. And I want to promise you this is what's going to take place. You're going to find out that five bucks is going to be used. And God's going to say, I, I don't need your five bucks. Here's a hundred bucks. Not for you to keep. Happy, happy, happy. That's what God does. Beyond their power. All right. I'm sorry, girls. We got to get this back to the owner. All right. God bless you. All right. Thank you very much for doing that for me this morning. All right. So what kind of the example do we have as far as a faith promise giver, a person who was under pressure? What kind of person or church do we have as an example, a person that was in deep poverty? What kind of person do we have or an example for faith promise? People who gave beyond their power. Look at verse number four again. I, did, I, read, I read a little bit a moment ago, but in verse number three, it says they were, last part of verse three, they were willing of themselves. Then verse four, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this, that it, this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. Just for me, I, I read it so quickly. Uh, let, me, let me back up to verse four again. Praying us with much entreaty. Now, church, I mean, the word entreaty, what word is inside the word entreaty? Entreat. Just for me, these people were not giving because they had to. They were giving because they wanted to. Church, I mean, the us there, praying us with much entreaty, the us was Apostle Paul, the missionary. The church of Macedonia says, would you please take our money, entreaty. Would you please, to beg, to plead. Would you please take this and use it for the ministering of the saints at the foreign places that you're going to go to. They wanted to give. You know, the one thing about our church that I've never had anybody come and say anything to me about, about, well, pastor, you know, you know what we give and that's why you preach on giving. You can't say that. So I don't have anybody come talk to me about giving really, to be honest with you. But can I just tell you something? There ought to be a want to inside your heart and mind that I want to give to missions and I might not have very much, but what I have, I want to give. If there be first, 2 Corinthians 8, 12, if there be first a willing mind, willing Church, do you want to give? Do you, is there something inside of you that says, hey, listen, yes, God commanded me to, and yes, there are people across the globe that they need the gospel, and God wants somebody sent. I want to be a part of that. Willing. And then last of all, I read in verse number five, they first gave their own selves to the Lord. You've heard it said before, if God's got you, he's got your wallet. It's not a matter of God trying to make sure that you give money. It's a matter of God, God wants you. So you know really what the first question is? Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go across the street and tell somebody about Jesus Christ? Are you willing to go to a foreign field and be that gospel witness the Lord wants? By the way, if you're not willing to tell people here, you will not tell anybody there. Amen. I'm about done. You guys are so, you're doing much better. I look at it this way. The easiest thing 
I can do is when an offering plate comes by, I put my face, that's easy to me. To be honest with you, it's harder for me to go, it's harder for me. My name's Scott John, we're from Heritage Baptist, good chance to go to church, you're more important than going to church, know for sure you're going to heaven. Do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? Can I take a moment to show you what the Bible says about going to heaven? To me, that's a lot harder. I think the extreme hardness is, I'm going to go to Thailand, where people who don't even know who God is, let alone his son, Jesus Christ. I, I think I'm going to uproot my entire family, I'm going to leave my extended family here behind, and I'm going to go to a foreign field, and I'm going to try to learn their culture, their diet, their ways, just so that I can tell them about Jesus. I think that's the extreme sacrifice. But church family, I, I'm talking about me. I don't really know how much of a sacrifice this is. But yet God says, if you do that, I'll show you grace. If, if that's all I did. Church family, if I never knock on a door, hey, God loves you. We're just here to tell you that Jesus loves you and he's the only way to get to heaven. If you never did that, if you never go to a foreign field as a missionary, if all you did was sit in the field and take your money and put it into a plate to get a missionary over there, God says, I'll show you grace. I'll show you grace. If there be first a willing mind, it's a matter of God. And then God says, it's got to be first you giving of yourselves. Hmm. It doesn't begin with money. It begins with you. Hey, church family, people are like this all the time, all right? We do what we want to do. So the cruel question is, is do you want to be a part of God's plan to get the gospel to the world by sending a missionary? Do you want to? You have to decide that. So if you want to, here's what you do. You say, Lord, I'm willing to go. Okay, if you don't want me to go, I'm willing to give. What do you want me to give? He's only going to tell you what you already have because he's not going to tell you something you don't have because he already told you that in 2 Corinthians 8. not going to happen. This, this next week is our missions day. So Wednesday through Sunday. On next Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Station, we're cutting this one open right here or a different one? So this globe right here in the front, they're going to cut a slot into this globe right here. If you notice that there's globes on all of your uh, brochures and that, it comes from John 15, verse number 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bear, bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. God chose us to do this. And so during the invitation, you're going to have that faith promise permissions card. And you're going to just slide it into that globe. And there will be a keychain to remember what you did it by up here for you to great. It just being, means I participated. It doesn't matter if you give 50 cents. I mean, just something to remember that I'm participating this year in faith promise. Our church will tally those up. That will give us our budget for how many missionaries we can be able to support for this coming year as far as what we're planning on doing. Hopefully take on the ones that are, that are coming to the missions conference and, of course, others. But can I just tell you what the bigger picture is? It's not the missionary going to the foreign field. It's not the budget of Heritage Baptist Church as far as the missions giving. The bigger picture is you. Amen. That's what it is. Are you willing? Just simply do, God, I want to be a conduit. Just tell me. And then God blesses you for it. Go figure. What a God we have. Listen, this morning's message was really about missions because we're preparing for something big. It's what we do every year for us trying to get the gospel to people across the globe. But you might be here and you're in this service and all this thing about Jesus and going to heaven, 
You've heard it all before, but you've never made the decision to believe and receive Jesus Christ. You know he's God. You know that Jesus died on the cross. But you never looked at it as, I'm a sinner, and without him, I'm going to hell. You're trying to go to church. You're trying to treat your neighbor like you want to be treated. You're trying to give. You're trying to do good things. But none of those things are going to get you to heaven. There's only one thing that gets you to heaven. People who never go to church one day in their life will be in heaven one day because they did the one thing that was needful, and that's putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're a fella, would you let a fella take a Bible, show you what the Bible says about going to heaven, take five minutes. If you're a lady, would you let a lady go to the side and just show you from the Bible what it means to be saved? I know what the devil's telling you. I can do that later. And you could do it later, but that's the devil telling you that so you don't do it later. I want to tell you something. There are people who have heard the gospel again and again and again, and they become hardened to the knowledge of the gospel, and they'll never get saved because they've heard it again and again and again, and they've never done it. You know, some of you are visiting this morning, and you might say, well, I went to that church because I've heard of Pastor Hanks. But today you're here. Now you know who Pastor Hanks is. There are people like that who know of Jesus Christ, but they've never personally received him as their personal savior. That is what gets a person to heaven. I hope that you'll do that today. Hope you'll let someone share it with you this morning. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?